Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Hello, church. My name's Esther, um, and I'm so excited to be able to bring God's word to us today. Uh, I'm on the worship team here at Ross Trevor Baptist, and um, I help out with the adult small connect groups as well. Um, And yeah, I'm just so excited to bring God's word to us. So a couple months ago, I saw these photos going around on Facebook called Tear Memes, where people had ranked and shared their favourite chocolate bars and brands on a scale. So I've decided to share my chocolate tear with you all now. As a very faithful consumer to the chocolate industry, I take my brand selections very seriously and they are dependent on my mood. So at the, at down the bottom of the scale, at the Adam Sandler tier or the bottom tier, you have Nestle chocolate, Daryl Lee chocolate and home brand chocolate. They're okay, but they're nothing groundbreaking. One grade higher at the royalty tier, I've placed Lint, Cadbury and men's chocolate. Then at the top, the God tier, you have none other than Hague's chocolate. Hashtag support local. I wonder if your chocolate tier would differ from mine. And I'd be very keen to hear your selections and debate them at a later date. But as we dive into God's word for us today, I want to ask you a very important question. How do you see Jesus? How do you envision Jesus? How would you describe Jesus with your words? Do you see Jesus as sitting at the top tier of your life? Last week, Pastor Dan began our series, King Jesus, digging into the book of Colossians. He reminded us of the steadfast hope that we have in Christ. And today, I want to encourage you that Jesus is the God tier. He's at the top, supreme over all, head over all. And it's through Jesus' life, death and resurrection that we have been reconciled, restored and forgiven. Through Jesus, we have a new identity and a new purpose in him. Will you pray with me as we dive into our passage for today? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word for us. I pray that today the Holy Spirit would reveal more of who you are to us. I pray that we would learn more of your character, that you would show us how we can place you at the center, at the top of our lives. God, I just pray that today your words would be my words and that anything else would fall away. Amen. So let's read from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. Please grab your Bibles out, um, otherwise the, the passage will be on the screen as well. So the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him... All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So as Pastor Dan explained to us last week, Paul is writing to the new church at Colossae to challenge them to a greater devotion to Jesus. Earlier in chapter 1, Paul has just encouraged them in their faithfulness to Christ up until this point, despite cultural pressures. And Paul has also prayed that the church would continually mature and grow in their newfound faith. The passage we read today has often been referred to as the Christ hymn or the Christ poem, which includes several references to passages in Genesis, Exodus, the Psalms and Proverbs. Paul refers back to this hymn and this imagery several times in the book of Colossians. So so let's really hone in and unpack what it's all about now. So in this poem, Paul is encouraging us to see King Jesus as God himself, to see King Jesus as God above all, and to see King Jesus as the God of reconciliation. Now, it's important to note that the Church of Colossae was, as I said, new to the Christian faith, and they were facing three different cultural pressures which were testing their devotion to Jesus. Firstly, there was pressure from the Roman and Greek community to worship Jesus alongside a range of other gods. Secondly, there was pressure from the Jewish Christian community to fulfill the commandments of the Torah so that things like observing circumcision, observing the Sabbath, avoiding unclean foods... And finally, there was the general societal pressure to follow Caesar's decrees and support the Roman Empire. So what does Paul have to say in response to these cultural pressures? He simply reminds the church of Colossae that King Jesus is God himself. Let's read from verses 15 to 16 again. Jesus, the Son, is the image of the invisible God. For in him all things are created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things have been created through him and for him. The English word image in this context might suggest perhaps a fake copy or a dodgy dodgy replica. However, the Greek original for the term image is actually closer to the word revelation. So the phrase image of the invisible God actually paints a picture of Jesus being the very replication, the perfect reflection, the exact being of God. Paul continues to put the Colossian hearsay to bed in verses 17 and 19 
when he says Jesus is before all things and in him all things hold together. And in verse 19, for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, dwell in Jesus. Jesus isn't just another God to add onto the list. He wasn't just a man. He wasn't just a prophet or an angelic being. Paul states here that Jesus Christ is God in living, breathing human form. Jesus was there at the beginning of the universe. He shares an identity with the creator God. And this was always part of God's plan. Jesus is the visible representation of the invisible God. In John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So I ask you, how do you see Jesus? Like the new Christians at Colossae, have you listened to the opinions of this world and considered Jesus as simply a man? Just another name thrown around in history. Just an inspiring figure. Or do you see Jesus as God himself, as the perfect image, the living representation of the creator God? Let's continue on to the absolute crux of our message today. I'm getting hyped. I'm getting excited. (laughs) So not only does Paul encourage us to see King Jesus as God himself, but the God above all. Let's read from verses 17 and 18. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Both in verses 16 and 18, Paul describes Jesus as the firstborn in all of creation and the firstborn among the dead. This term, firstborn, is an Old Testament term which means supreme or first in time. We have to remember that in this culture and context, the firstborn son of the family received the father's inheritance and honour. Christ has always been and will always be preeminent. All creation is under Jesus' power and authority. In response to the pressures of the Colossian culture, Paul stresses that even spiritual powers and authorities, whether good or bad, are all subject to and under Christ as king. Paul also emphasizes the headship of Christ in the church, explaining that Jesus lovingly leads and rules over his church through a personal and living relationship. As N.T. Wright phrases it, Paul wants the Colossian church to know that Christ is above all and at the center of all. King Jesus is above all things, all things we can see, feel, smell, touch, think, and dream. He is above all things that we can understand and things we can't. He is above health and sickness, above global pandemics, war, conflict, racial violence. Imagine the most beautiful part of the world that you have ever seen the most breathtaking view. He is the king over that piece of creation and all of creation. He is king above all things living on earth and in the spiritual realm. He is king of the earth and he is the cosmic king. Will you see Jesus as the king above all? In Australia, I feel as if it's challenging for us to grasp the vastness 
the weight, the supremacy of kingship, of royalty. It's hard for us to really understand the concept of royalty, as in some ways it's removed from our culture and from our society. I perhaps, perhaps the closest thing we know is the British royal family. Perhaps we might get a glimpse of what royalty looks like through watching The Crown on Netflix or perhaps the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But the reality is, is that earthly reign, human reign, is always and will always be flawed and fleeting. We only need to read the stories of kings in the Old Testament of the Bible to realise this. We only need to turn on the TV or open Facebook at the moment to realise this. But here is the truth that the Apostle Paul wants us to hold on to today. There is no limit to the reign and supremacy of King Jesus. There is no limit to the reign and supremacy of King Jesus. As I was reflecting on this, I was reminded of an apocalyptic image in the book of Revelations. In Revelation chapter 5, the Apostle John has a vision of what this could look like. So from chapter 5, it says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory forever and ever. Jesus has been the king above all since the beginning of time. He is the king above all and he will be forevermore. And every creature on earth and in the heavenly realm will bow down and confess him as king. So I ask you again, how do you see Jesus? Is he included as one of the gods in this world that you worship, perhaps alongside your career, your abilities, your relationships, your dreams? Or is he supreme overall, on the throne of your life, on the top tier, at the centre? The Holy Spirit invites you today, for the first time or the millionth time, to see King Jesus as the God above all. Finally, Paul implores us to see King Jesus as the God of reconciliation. Let's read from verses 19 to 21 one more time. So it says, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Amen. There is a prominent shift in the Christ poem here. Paul starts to tell us how we should respond to this revelation about who King Jesus is. He starts to unpack what a relationship with this king could look like. 
The hymn previously had spoken of Christ's primacy in creation, but now Paul mentions Jesus' primacy in resurrection. In both old and new creation, the supremacy belongs to Jesus alone. Through the death of the most powerful king, we, a broken and sinful people, are now reconciled, restored, renewed, reconnected, returned to a relationship with the king above all. Paul refers to the need for an atoning blood sacrifice through Christ, which fulfilled the Old Testament covenant between God and his people. Through his death on the cross, Jesus has transformed the old symbols of the Old Testament. And now the Colossian church are the true temple, are the true circumcision. This means that they could leave all of their Old Testament laws and regulations behind to become a new creation in Jesus. Just as Pastor Dan reminded us last week, our hope isn't found in religion. It's found in redemption. I absolutely love how the message version phrases this part of the passage. It says, So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Who knew? There's enough room in Jesus for social distancing. We can all find our purpose in him and still stay 1.5 metres apart. I digress. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood poured out from the cross. I wonder today whether you're feeling broken dislocated, removed, isolated. I know that in times in my personal faith journey, I felt this way. Maybe you have been watching along from home, interested yet unsure about who Jesus really is to you. The most high king wants you to find your purpose, your belonging, your restoration in his name. You can receive a new identity, become a new creation, find a new purpose in him. At the end of our service today, someone's going to lead us through a prayer of commitment where you can formally ask Jesus to be your king above all, your God of reconciliation. But if you feel like God, like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, why wait? Why not place your trust in him now and ask him to fill your heart and sit on the throne of your life at your top tier? Why not thank him for restoring your brokenness through his work on the cross? So as we reflect on Jesus as the God of reconciliation, I wonder, does this change your mindset about who Jesus really is? What would it look like if the global church truly saw Jesus as the God of reconciliation? I wrote this question down a few weeks ago, before the recent events in America, before I knew about George Floyd's death, before the protests. And to be honest, church, now the question simply has more weight. Just as Pastor Dan pointed out to us so well last week, the God of reconciliation calls us to see the intrinsic value of all people before God who are made in his image. He calls us to love our neighbours, not just the ones who look or live like us. Perhaps the God of reconciliation is calling us to reconcile with each other. 
Our vision this year as a church is following King Jesus together. How can we strive forward to follow Jesus, the God of reconciliation, unified? As we conclude today, once more, I ask you to reconsider. How do you see Jesus? Do you see him as the God above all? Do you see him as the God of reconciliation? Is he king over all in your life? Or do you need to take a step back, repent and readjust? My church family, as Paul writes in our last verse of our passage today, through this crazy, ever-changing season, let us, quote, continue in our faith, established and firm, and not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Amen. I'd love to pray for us all now as we respond in worship. And I actually would like to pray a prayer that the Apostle Paul wrote over the Ephesian church. Let's pray. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed to him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Lord, I pray that our eyes would be open to who you are today. Jesus, help us to see you as the living, breathing representation of God, of the Father. Help us to see you, Jesus, as King above all things in our lives. For there is no limit to your reign and supremacy, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your atoning sacrifice on the cross and that you rose again to reconcile us to yourself. All praise to the King above all today and forevermore. Amen. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.